Welcome back to your off-week content for the Gimme Delude podcast, the TTRPG podcast that can travel to multiple states without getting COVID, but apparently can't go to the grocery store without getting it. My name's Turner, and this intro is going to be very short for the aforementioned COVID reasons. Hey gang, this is a rebroadcast of our interview with Eric Silver from Games and Feelings, among other projects. Be sure to check out their content. Eric was a very enthusiastic interview brought a lot of energy, and managed to summon Tori up from the depths. Of course, as a reminder, this is a rebroadcast of our streaming content, so the audio quality be, will be a little bit different from our standard episodes. And of course, Giving the Loot is not a family-friendly show due to a mix of profanity, crude humor, and gore, although much, much less gore on the interviews. So cool. See you next week for our next campaign episode. Thanks for listening, gang. Hope you enjoy the rebroadcast of the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Guest Quest, the TTRPG community interview show brought to you by the Gimme the Loot podcast, the TTRPG podcast, who's one of its cast members, apparently gave acting lessons to Anthony Mackie, according to the most recent Twisted Metal trailer. Because my God, if I haven't seen not only just big fate energy, but big jazz energy in a single <laughs> performance, it is that that Mackie Twisted Metal performance. Uh, so tonight we are joined by Eric Silver of many, 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 many projects, uh, but uh, very specifically the Join the Party podcast, the Games and Feelings podcast, Tell Me About It podcast, uh, stage show, star and scream, other podcast produce, production as the head of created at Multitude. Eric, how are you doing this evening? I'm wonderful. It was really scary before that I felt like no one could see and hear me, and I felt like a ghost, <laughs> and now I know what it's going to be like when I die. Really excited <laughs> oh. about this. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, there, there are worse places you can go when you die than our show. That's true. Not many, <laughs> not many but, but, a, but a few. Uh, <laughs> joining me tonight to speak with Eric are... Hey, it's me, Jazz. I play Fade on the Give Me the Loot podcast. I'm back. I made it. <laughs> and I'm Anthony, who plays Babatunde on the Give Me the Loot podcast. Have Have you been gone for a couple episodes, Jazz? I'm not. What? Oh, uh, you know, I might have missed a few streams or something in the past. Uh, I'm here. I'm here. That's the important part. Hey, hey, everybody, how you doing? It's I. I hadn't noticed. I'm sorry. My apologies. So. <laughs> So what we didn't do backstage uh, is uh, it jazz. Anthony, uh, I know it's just the two of you, but for shits and gills, because it's the format, go ahead and roll initiative for me. I rolled a six already. Yeah. Uh, who's on the job? Let, 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 <laughs> let's see if jazz can beat a six. Uh, so the, the way that it works, Eric, is uh, we go around in, uh, in initiative order. The cast uh, uses the action economy to ask a question using their action. If they have a follow-up, they can bonus action. If they want to ask a follow-up to somebody else's question, they use a reaction. Beautiful. Uh, if they suck and can't think of a question, they use the dodge action. They are welcome to pull questions from the chat as needed. Uh, and at the end, you're allowed to ask a question of the cast, should you so choose, uh, that they are compelled to answer. So that is the absolutely that is the overall format. So Jez, what would you what'd you get there on initiative? I, I rolled a net one. Mm. What? Yeah. It's right over there. The dice are, are telling a story tonight. 
<laughs> they really want. They really want this to happen. Natty one. I have my dice here, right here, just in case. <laughs> I almost wanted to lie about it, but you know, is yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I think that you know, rolling badly is important to the game. You can't just <laughs> you sure. can't always win. <laughs> but it feels so good when you do. That's right. Everyone forgets that tabletop RPGs inherently is about making you forget about your problems and also um, just like wanting to have fun ultimately. So it's like, you know, there's a there's a really tough balance between, oh, I'm here for art. I'm here for creativity. And then I did. I'm not on my job. So I just need to you're going to have to make me have a good time. Uh, so that's going to be that's going to be hard. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure that one means Anthony goes first. So there's that. that that's one positive way to spend this. As for your nat one was so hard, we lost. If you win, wait, if you win, see, this is always confusing. If you win, you go first. Win initiative goes first. Yeah. Higher initiative goes first. What are we talking about? But I thought we were rolling and try not to go first because we all want to so, go last in question. So, no, 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 no. So if you want to go last, do you want to roll low? Jazz, you're in that one was so bad that we lost the host of the street. <laughs> <laughs> you turned oh, no. the one that one turned off his lights and his computer. It was his personal pl- like I saw the wheel spinning in his head. He was definitely thinking of a way to punish me for that nat one in some air uh, in some totally <laughs> turner characteristic way. <laughs> All right, asshole. What happened? What did I miss? Uh my nat one killed you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's never any consequences for killing your DM. See. It was like the net ones where like you miss the person you're trying to hit and you hit <laughs> someone else. It's, I don't even know when I di- I dipped out. My my internet was like, "Hey man, you suck." And I was like, "Oh shit." Um <laughs> uh where where did where did you guys lose me? Uh I got the higher initiative so I go first. Is that that's Oh wow. Of- the whole friggin' intro then. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um well you guys picked it up and ran with while I was gone, right? I can just I can sit back for the rest of the show, right? We're good. I'm hoping uh, yeah, ask questions. So, no, what I'd thrown out there is uh, join the party, yes. um, kind of starting there because I think that's probably cl- well, that's uh, there's definitely some crossover with some of your other stuff that you do with what we do. But, um, you guys are in your third campaign, uh, pirate setting, plant and bug folks still doing 5e, or are you guys doing a different system for that? Yeah, we're doing fifth edition. Uh, I mean, we started considering what we were going to do here kind of like l- last year before all the OGL stuff mm-hmm. when we were still calling it race and no one really moved or anything. So there are a lot of choices that we wanted to make before we were going to wade back into fifth edition. Yeah. Uh, Cause we did a, a mini campaign in monster of the week mm-hmm. set uh, that was set at like a weird and wild summer camp, which was really fun. Lots of gravity falls vibes. Oh, fuck and that. I missed Ooh. something that, you know, everyone knew, but we're also using classes from, uh, Vault of Spire of Secrets uh, from Mage Hand Press. Those classes are absolute fire. And um, coming up with like, yeah, with traditions as kind of like the way for you to get, uh, depending on the various countries from Verdistello, which is this world that we're, this kind of like One Piece meets Red Wall meets Plants vs. Zombies world that we're in. Um, the traditions from those countries as being what kind of uh, we use for species, I thought it made more sense because, you know, they're all. We have like four different types of, of uh, green folk, like p- bug people and uh, flora people and green green people. And um, oh, I'm missing one and I can't remember what it is. But it, the point doesn't matter. So it's been like fun to come up with a lot of stuff. Use what the what you know, third party fifth edition is what's pushing the game forward right now. Uh, and we certainly saw uh, how people felt about that uh, in the beginning of this year. So uh, it was really important to kind of 
do stuff with uh, Mage Hand Press, who's absolutely incredible. And uh, yeah, working that stuff out. I mean, it's also fun. I, I love, I'm a game designer of my own. Uh, I made a GM-less game with my friend Misha Stanton called Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, which is where you want to play out uh, a season of a sports anime or a sports drama. Uh, and it's it's really fun, and I love GM-less games. So there's a lot of work happening behind the scenes. So it's it's fifth edition, as you say, but you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of other stuff uh, going on. Yeah. And you're checking a lot of boxes with the cast, man, with the one piece references and anime and, uh, and, uh, plants versus zombies is an interesting piece to, to click into there. And I'm intrigued about that, but mm. Anthony, you're up. Uh, so I was gonna ask something different until you said GM list game. How does that work? Oh, GM list games are wonderful. They're great. Okay. So imagine th this is the basic thing. I, I also love making up world building games because, mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but you're not supposed to use a, the quiet year as a jumping off point for your campaigns as much as some uh, popular brothers might have popularized that mm -hmm. it, because it's supposed to be ephemeral, right? It's just supposed to be a game. So it's kind of more like imagine um, you just have a a table, right? You have a table of 20 questions and you all go around the room and you roll, you roll a D20 and you select one of those questions, right? And then whoever rolled, everyone gets to like answer that question. Like imagine this is an icebreaker game. It's like, hey, let's all, I want to roll a D20 and we're after a question. What is your favorite smell? And then we're all going to go around the room and do that. But like the person, but we get to write down the answer to that question is like, well, my, our favorite smell that we've all decided what is the best smell and we, it's cut grass and we're going to write that down. So it's like the game runs itself you don't need a facilitator and everyone is on equal footing is ultimately you can think about it the, the most when you think about like world building games where you're creating something. Um, mm -hmm. But it's similarly, you just kind of like create the session. You just kind of do it. You don't need a facilitator like, like the DM. It's a lot of fun. GMless games are the best. Yeah, the okay. the uh, the one that we've kind of got on deck that I haven't really dove into with you guys. There's a, a game called the Skeletons, which is kind of the similar situation where mm -hmm. you pick an archetype of what undead um, guardian you are, and then you start to fill in the back your backstory basically as you hang out and guard this this tomb against adventurers. And it's more just about kind of filling in the background. Our quiet year is great, and um, the adventures don't actually I think crib that from Friends at the Table. I think they did, not, yeah. Yeah, not even the ones that, that Austin. Listen, Austin Walker had his hand doing a lot of stuff in there that it was almost felt like something different. I remember those episodes; that was wild. Um, but yeah, it's it's if I mean, uh, I have that's like my one tabletop RPG thing is like, don't you? It's supposed to be about ephemera. Like, don't don't do that. Um, yeah, but GMless games they're they're super fun. Uh, the Fall of Magic is a really fun one. It's more about like, or if you've ever played like a board game that's like uh, that where it's uh, cooperative and that's kind of what we're talking about jizz wait what i also heard that i'm with you <laughs> <laughs> i was just i was just trying to i was trying to float that out there to see if i could see it. jazz <laughs> i'm gonna say don't answer to it no, no <laughs> don't answer no, to it no. don't you dare. I, I don't know if, i don't know if he was hung up with that or if he was hung up with the fact that the board games could be cooperative because we uh we uh, uh survive on a toxic level of competition Sure. Amongst the cast, yeah. So it's um, y'all gotta play Betrayal on the House of the Hill. Oh, yeah, it gives I got you that, that's the good balance between the two. So, not to just completely jump rail to a different set of questions, but this has been the main thing I've been wanting to ask you since I started kind of looking into you. Um, on the tell me all about it, 
Um, I gotta know what was it about the movie musical Grease that makes it the baseline <laughs> of level of interesting or entertaining? Yeah, tell me about it's really fun. Um, being able to come up with you know, so my main job is I'm the head of creative and multitude, which means that I'm like coming up with shows. I produce seven shows, seven episodes of a podcast every two weeks. It's a lot of fun. I love making this stuff because join the party is weekly. Um, Tell me about it is bi-weekly. Games and feelings is weekly. And I also produce a sports show for Defector, uh, which is the incredible uh, sports outlet. Uh, It's worker-owned cooperative. The people who kind of broke away from Deadspin, if you know that story. Um, Mm -hmm, So it's been mm -hmm, wonderful mm -hmm. working with them, and I I love it. So all the words that come out from Multitude, which podcast collective, studio, and ad sales provider kind of runs through me. So coming up with this stuff is really fun. I'd been wanting to work with Adel Rafai uh, for a very long time, who is this in legendary podcaster and improver out of Chicago. You might know him from uh, Hey Riddle Riddle or Hello from the Magic Tavern. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he loves Grease. He loves Grease. It's his favorite movie. And kind of reverse engineering from that was like, we, I wanted to do, uh, do you know about, ta- have you heard of Taskmaster, the show? Um, it's from the UK, super popular. It has this one really tall guy. You might've seen clips on YouTube or going around on YouTube reels or TikTok. Basically it's way to kind of like a, those UK panel shows where mm-hmm. it's like kind of a, kind of a, uh, game show, but not really mm. basically like a, the taskmaster makes people comedians do stuff. Uh, and they're trying to do it in the most creative way and they get points and then blah, blah, blah. It's really fun. And people get to make jokes the entire time. I was trying to make a podcast version of that where people, uh, yes, a lot there, the Taskmaster fans are really into, into it. I love Taskmaster. <laughs> I've listened to a lot. I've watched like so many of the seasons. People in the chat are super into Taskmaster. I've been trying to make a <laughs> podcast version of it, okay. but I wanted to like make it podcast. Like it was kind of like building off of this specific genre of the British panel show where people just like talk about stuff. Right. And in podcasting, they do the same thing. They just talk about stuff. They make jokes, but I kind of, the linchpin is right. always on podcasts, people talking about things they love. Right. That's the, For sure. I think the, the best podcasts have to do with people talking about the things they love and the thing. So I, I realized we were going to do this like billionaire setup which is like uh, a billionaire invites people over their house to talk about their favorite things. And I'm going to be this like butler, this like audio butler servant and also show run the thing and co-host it. Um, and uh, that's where it's named. That's where it's named from is like people coming on, talking about their favorite things. Right. And then I, uh, and then I would, then there's like mini games and all this stuff surrounding it. And the whole thing was like at all, as a person, but also as this billionaire loves Greece, gotcha. loves Greece, the musical. And it's just like, there's a lot of trivia questions about Greece. Every <laughs> single episode ends with an with a trivia question about Greece. And I have like 50 of them. And it's really fun just to be like, and for one bonus point, did you, uh, for one bonus point, tell me all of the names of the friends from Greece. And they're like, oh, I don't know. And they never get the point. It's Monica, <laughs> it's Chandler, it's uh, Joey. <laughs> Um, no, no, sorry, those no, are all sorry. the women from Mambo number five. We're talking about different that's questions. absolutely correct. You're you're absolutely right. You're I absolutely only know that because right. my mom's name is Rita, and that's one of the names of the women in there. And I'm like, man, le- do- deep cut, Lou Bega, deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> so, pivoting to games and feelings, uh, it's an advice podcast. Um, yes, and is uh, you, you're covering all different types of games there, right? It's, it's not just TTRPGs; it's all the way across the board. Yeah. Uh, so, 
So uh, what what linked games and the broad spectrum of games and advice in your mind when you went into that one? What's kind of the origin point for that show? Yeah, absolutely. Um, see, I know I can go deep on you because you said you also pointed out Austin Butler was the first. That's where they got the Adventure Zone doing the Quiet Year from. And I would say the same thing to Austin Butler to his face, not just, not just the not just Levin the McElroy said. So this was I was actually kind of inspired by where um, when Dungeon Court started getting popular on uh not on a DD podcast they realized making a weekly podcast was uh actual play podcast was really hard and they started doing a talking a talking podcast where and i love these questions the questions they kept asking though were really crunchy like the and this is the people that who kept writing in is being like hey make a ruling on this very specific tabletop rpg thing and they were doing the comedy podcast thing where they make a lot of jokes and then someone dies of pooping themselves too hard and then they move on right but like then how many questions that you've seen like on reddit or how many stories have you heard from your friends being like yeah game night devolved into a really bad time because <laughs> it's like something bad is always happening my wife amanda also loves loves advice columns and she listens to a lot of advice podcasts so she was the one who was like we should have this should advice podcast should exist but about games like about video games about board games about tabletop games and also bringing people into sports and uh, escape rooms and all this other stuff that was going on especially this was like when people were remembering to like be people in 2021 and like remembering that like people bump into each other a little bit um so it was always it was just a lot of fun getting people because like we got we always get really really interesting questions and it's always from people the people who care about games and the people who care about feelings are people who actually have issues and, and like things they want to deal with hi tori do you want to talk about taskmaster yeah when you make a reference so powerful it draws a cast member in to the show the summoning circle was slowly built by Taskmaster, then Mambo Number Five, Pods D and D Core, and it was just like getting too powerful. <laughs> like shaking cat treats at the back door, man. Like <laughs> I am here. I need people who know the same references as me. I I am like this this wild Venn diagram. If you also care about like what's going on in NBA Summer League, we might be best friends. Oh, I'm. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, you need Harlan here for that. We would need Harlan here for that. If there was ever a show for Harlan to miss, somebody that was sports podcast adjacent, because I got I got one sport I follow, uh, that is Matthew McConaughey's appearances at the Austin mm, FC fair. Uh, uh games. No, it's 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 Cowboys football. Um, I'm gonna make our way back to that. I follow, Can although, I tell you one of the one of the episodes of tell one of the episodes that tell me about it is about the Dallas Cowboys. Jeffrey Craner, Jeffrey Craner of Welcome to Night Vale came on to talk about the Cowboys. It was sick. Are you guys trying to banish me now? Is that uh, <laughs> no, no, no. We were we were reacting reaction to the uh, re reaction to the guest statement about uh, about uh, sport. So uh, you're slotting into the initiative order, then Tori. Uh, what you're rolled a 15 the order. <laughs> back to the yeah. top basically of the, order? The, the point was it was just fun the advice podcast is a staple of podcasting and it was nice to balancing the actual comedy with actual good advice and the people who care about games and have feelings about them like might actually need advice because i think games is something that's very prickly um again i love looking at like whatever question is blowing up in our relationships or our D and D where someone's like my stepdad joined and he's really making me look bad as a DM. He keeps calling me stupid and I don't like that. And like, those are real questions and people have less dramatic versions of the questions, but they also need game wrecks. 
and it's very fun to do it. And also uh, being able to have Jasper Cartwright hang out with me every week. Yeah. Uh, and my wife coming on and uh, my wife, Amanda coming on and, oh, and yeah. every week is just like podcast. It's like as an adult, as a 32 year old, you need to have a podcast to have friends. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited to hang out with Jasper all the time. No, I mean, it can be, it can be hard to get, you know, people to take advice and, and wrapping it up in game context is, you know, it's, it's like wrapping some American cheese around the pill you give your dog. It, it is a no. way to slip in that, that worthwhile, heartfelt advice into that, uh, into that pill. Tori? Oh, man. <laughs> this is on brand. Did you think I would not immediately throw to you? You had to know. All right, let me, I let would me mail Tori out real quick with the reaction. The nope, you got okay. it. Okay. I thought you were going to. Take my question that I gave you to ask in proxy. <laughs> no, no, but we're not going to do that to you. I was going to bail you out so you can prep a okay, little bit more. Okay. I got I just wanted because because we just kind of touched it. So, um, as I was doing some of my uh, prep work, my oldest son happened to ask like what we were talking, who we were going to be talking to on stream tonight, and uh, so I was telling him about Eric, and then he was like, "My my son <laughs> is uh, kind of goofy. He has this one question whenever I'm talking to anybody new. He's he likes to ask me, where were they on January 6th? And it just so happened that I saw specifically that Eric was interviewing with Jasper on January 6th. And I was like, he's good. We're clear. <laughs> and so I just, I saw that immediately. And I was like, you know what? Jalen's going to approve. So we're good to go here. So Can I, I tell you guys, to- they don't let Jews <laughs> hang out at January 6th. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> Some, somebody's got to man the space laser. I, mean, what do you do? I know. Yeah, I got to keep Marjorie Green in, in check. I got to keep that laser on. Her. Oh my god! The be- the best news I saw this week is they kicked her out of the oh, Freedom Caucus, so great. and they're like, "Yeah, no, that that bitch is crazy, man." Um, and I'm like, "Really, really? Wow!" Took you guys this long to figure it out. New new low, <laughs> new low. Um, all right, that's all I got, Tori. Tori. Okay. <laughs> that was more of a statement, Jazz, but I appreciate it. It's like, hey, the, I'm going to use my initiative order to say that Eric was fine on January 6th. <laughs> we know he's an ally. <laughs> hey, hey, look, one of the reasons why we're doing le- less guest quests is because we don't run background checks on everybody. And there's been a couple of mm's, uh that we were like, okay, we're going to really have somebody that is either, either, is either referred through our network of people that we trust AKA the three B three BH crew or is, um, is, uh, you know, somebody that is very, 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 uh, famous and we don't give a shit how much of an asshole they are. Um, so, <laughs> so which one was me? Which one was I? Six of one, half a dozen of the other, man. Just take the compliment and roll with it. Uh, I thought that you've heard, I thought you've been hearing my campaign that I'm the best DM in podcasting. And that's what brought me on to this. So that's finally, we have <laughs> a bunch say, of people getting me on a stream to just kind of jump me and figure this out. I saw that in a couple spots so that you've really got that SEO nail down on the. That's awesome. And I'm very happy about that. Thank you, Tori. Tori, you've given me so much joy in the limited time you've been on screen. Thank you. That's my job. <laughs> now she's just going to log off. Like, peace out. Tori out. Bye. Ask your I'm, question. I'm going to ask it. Bye. I would like to know. I'm seeing the little. Little sport ball flaggy things on your wall. Oh, I yeah. saw the little Penance. Pokemon uh, plushies. I want to know about your what you collect. Oh, sure. Yeah. So we have a bunch of these pennants back here. I just love pennants. Mm-hmm. I think they're really cool. Uh, so, and it's just like this is the um, the office library area here. So I have a ton of stuff just like in my immediate locale. 
uh, here's here's Mamoswine, who I love. I love Pokemon. Mamoswine is is one of my favorite is one of my faves. Uh, let's see. Oh, I got this. My favorite video game is Welcome to the Gungeon or Enter the Gungeon, and I got this hat when I was at PAX. I was at PAX East. Uh, I have like five over five hundred hours probably. Wow. In Enter the Gungeon, incredible like arcade shooter. Yeah. Um, roguelike, which I love, love, love to death. Familiar. Here, with here's it. Yeah, sure. here's Kirby. Kirby. Poi, he's always Poyo over here. Uh, my favorite, uh, actually, my friend got me this for. Ooh, my friend got me this for my for Christmas. Here's my DK tie, <laughs> and of course, I have DK the plushie. Nice. And here's the bot. Here's the box for the Nintendo Switch N64 uh, controller that I have. Oh, I also really love. I like just like old, uh, like N64 GameCube era Nintendo stuff. The GameCube was my first. Um, well, the first thing I have it in like the other room. I wish I could like take my camera and bring and bring you, but I collect like a lot of like I vintage like 90s, mid early 2000s uh, Nintendo stuff. I just love the GameCube. The GameCube is probably my favorite console just in terms of the aesthetics. I love, I love the color, that orange, that spice is one of my favorite stuff. I also love Pokemon. I, I also love arcade games. I don't know if I can see if I can get my thing all the way over. Mm-hmm. I have a Galega tattoo, uh, yeah. um, so I love. I love Galega and I also Pac-Man like the Galega Pac-Man uh, combo is like one of my favorite <laughs> things in existence. I can spend hours just playing a play feeding quarters into that thing. And that's just like without getting up, like <laughs> all that I have like available to available to me. Yeah. You gotta have the totems within reach, man. You know, I was going to, oh. I was going to let you slide with the, your be- best GM in podcasting thing, but you calling the nineties vintage. I'm totally no, slashing no, 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 no. I wasn't. No, I meant like <laughs> you not checked NES. your swing on it. You said no, not, I meant not NES, right. SNES. So. No, you're fine. Yeah. I also I'm have old. all twelve I'm of old. the of the dining and dungeon <gasps> uh, manga. I just I bought all of it on Amazon. Is that Delicious and Dungeons? Yes, Delicious and Dungeon. Thank you. I I just I just I heard about it for a really long time. I'm reading it right now. Oh, where are, Dude, how, where are you? Best friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is hilarious. <laughs> some like some some like we'll, we'll talk like, online we, about. We can go right now, now, right? Let's, right? <laughs> we can just nerd it out. We'll see you guys next later. hour. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Uh, I believe we're back around to Anthony in the order. Oh wait, can I? Oh wait, oh. did I? Do I ask a question? You typically go at the end, but you can ask a question anytime you want. You're the guest oh, here. So wonderful. I would love to ask a question. Okay, yeah. so if you had a swimming pool and you could fill it with any liquid. What liquid would you fill it with? Jazz. Oh wow. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Uh I can give you some suggestions. I've used this at multitude, like all hands meetings. There has to be what is liquid? <laughs> that is the most Tory follow-up in the Tory of Tories. No, 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 that's fair. Yeah. It can be like a gelatin or a jello or a jelly that also thinks it just can't you have to be able to jump into it like like a uh, Scrooge with semi-solids. Uh any yeah, semi solids. Semi-solids also yeah. Non-Newtonian uh, liquids, no good. You'll smack right into it when you try and jump into it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I said chicken soup. I think that it would be fun to swim in it and also like eat some matzo balls while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I had some other people suggest ramen broth for a similar reason. Um, and yes, uh, the jello and jelly is, is very popular as well. I'm going with cranberry juice because eventually I can just dump a bunch of vodka into it and turn it into uh, what's the name of that cocktail now? I'm blanking out. Whatever. We all know what I'm First about. of all, it's a Cape Cod. Cape Cod. Secondly, you. Cape Cod. Uh, you're, you've got it reversed because the cranberry juice will spoil. That's why you go with booze. 
Uh, like like a like just well, just a big tub of bourbon. You just got to go a big tub of bourbon. Right, but that's, there you and go. That's then, fair. That's uh, fair. You know the top layer with the bugs in it will evaporate off and or disinfect the bugs. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you know, and then you just add whatever mixture that you want. And you can set the top on fire, and that'd be fun. That would be fun. Burn that's off cool. all the bugs that way. That is also the very very Torius answer. And and for those of you who listened to the podcast intro this week and wondered why we keep making. The uh, uh, you know insinuation that Tori might be a serial killer because she's in a different time every time that we speak to her. Location number fifteen, and it's <laughs> dimly lit. So there is like a half dead housewife somewhere that she's like got a knife stuck. It's like God damn it, hold on. <laughs> this guy, just, I will be back. You do not bleed out till I get back. And talking about obscure bang your reference. <laughs> They're talking about Mama number five. <laughs> I have a little bit of Monica in my life. Get out of the way. <laughs> she might she might have a little bit of Monica in her teeth at this point. We're not sure if it's a cannibalism. <laughs> I think at this point she's probably got a little less Monica in her yeah, life. Yeah, a little bit less. Imagine, imagine there was like <laughs> you said this uh, coming this summer. <laughs> and then you just say the serial killer that just kills people like in the order of the names <laughs> in Mambo number five, and that's the connection. Oh, I love it. But that. then it goes into um I don't know if how familiar anybody else is with Lou Vega's yeah. discography. <laughs> uh like uh, I got a girl in Paris, I got a girl in Rome. Yeah. I even got a girl in the Vatican. Dome. There's like a whole other song about ladies. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> now you're traveling the world killing people like Carmen San Diego yeah. to the Lou Vega town. Killer number five. I <laughs> <laughs> who's watched Mrs. Davis show of hands? Uh as you know, Mrs. Davis on Peacock. Mm-mm. Nobody, nobody, Mm-mm. nobody. Nope. One of the one of the just, best I don't own Peacock. One of the best third act it's it's worth it just to pick up another terrible streaming service. Sure. Uh one of the best third act twists <laughs> in the history of television. Ooh. Um and uh this would that would that would be how you would play the Mambo number five. You wouldn't you wouldn't let anybody know that it was based on that song until about the third act, third way a third of the way through the show. Like, wait a minute, is this a fucking serial killer drama based on Mambo number five? At which point, ninety degree angle for the rest of the season. Man, I can't believe everything's based on IP now. You, you got <laughs> to be based on IP to get in. Oh my god! I, I it it would take a lot for me to recommend another streaming service. Mrs. Davis. Single once limited series, uh, one season. It's it's about a nun sent on the quest to find the Holy Grail to kill Alexa. Oh, that's cool. That's the elevator pitch for it. That is right up my alley. Yep, break down. <laughs> All right. Uh, am I am I filling my pool or answering a question or asking a question? Yes, both. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because of my diabetes, anything I want to fill the pool with will probably kill me. So, it's, so insulin. So insulin. The answer is insulin. <laughs> In that quantity, that would also kill me. Well, you don't. You don't drink it. <laughs> you just absorb it through your skin. That's what everybody else is doing with yes. their pool things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have terrible lives. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. Some kind of pudding. Banana. That's good. Pudding's yeah. strong. Pudding's strong. Yeah. But, okay, but is it like a like a like a chocolate pudding or like a rice pudding? But counterpoint, pudding doesn't towel off easy. So there's like there's a like there's right? a hose down situation afterwards. There, you got to get like one of those those sticks that you drive horses off with and shit. Um, Am I required to swim in it, or I just have a pool of it? No, you have to swim in it once, but you can it, you you can like shower afterwards. You're drowning. Like how do you? There's too thick to swim through. You're you're done for, sir. You know what? You just let me die in my pudding then, all right? (laughs) 
Don't judge me. <laughs> Answer the question. <laughs> he died the way he lived. <laughs> Covered in pudding. Covered in pudding. Um, so we just we kept throwing in vanilla wafers, but it was the wrong kind. <laughs> I but imagine busting through like like Free Willy, the crust of vanilla wafers, or like the pudding skin. It's so dramatic. Oh, <laughs> Oh, this is where did what happened oh. to this interview? Uh, <laughs> it's okay. By the end, you're gonna say that I'm the best guest you've had on. As long as you say oh. that, it's fine. I'll keep this energy up. When he elementally summoned Torian, that was the harbinger of like, wait, are those some horse locusts that just crested over the horizon? I'm Sorry, hold sure. on. I have some I have some somatic components I have to address. <laughs> I have this pearl oh, worth 500 man. gold I have to burn. Uh. <laughs> I just want everyone to know I was in the middle of a, of creating a, an Excel sheet character keeper for an RPG. Hell yeah! <laughs> what no, I stopped doing. Not nah, Tari. We're gonna be good friends. It's good. That's that's exactly what I wanted to hear. That's awesome. <laughs> also, Orbeez. Oh, Orbeez Orbe is good. Orbeez. Orbeez would be a good one. Yeah. Boba. Yeah. Oh, Boba also a very good answer. Yeah. I think you can do Boba and like just fill the cracks in with. The bubble tea, mm. um, because that's certainly acceptable. That's a good yeah. choice. Someone also said that. That's a good choice. Cool. Or like a mix with like the light. Like I want all all the different little scoopy options. All of them. You go yeah. really dense tapioca too. You could go like a really dense tapioca. So, I'm not sure where everyone lives, but like I'm also one of the, to address the question. I also like collect feel good feelings of being in upstate New York. I love mm. upstate New York. I'm here in Brooklyn, but that's like where I grew up and where I like to spend a lot of my time. Shout out to Wegmans, the best grocery store chain that's out there. Uh, recently we went, I saw uh, there was a non-dairy boba tea mix that you could just buy. Oh, from. nice. And with like three and like three different flavors. So shout out to shout out to Wegmans. Yeah, we're uh, we're all in Texas, um different parts. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, we well, all have H E B. You're fine. Yeah. We've got mm. we've got H E B. Not all of us. Don't H E B for Anthony. We're just not getting them uh closer to me, but like the closest one are like at least like 40 minutes away from me. Oh man, I thought they were like around like Kroger or one of those. I apologize. I didn't mean to talk so offhandedly. They were really big in South Texas, and then they're just now moving the way up to like uh central and north Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, then I have a text then I have a Texas question for everyone then. Mm -hmm. Uh hey, do you if outside of Texas, how popular do you think the kolache is? I was gonna ask you a question about it. We were all gonna ask you okay, a question we about this. <laughs> we were all gonna do this. <laughs> in Czechoslovakia, really popular. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. In the United States, in, the United States, in, the in every other state other than Texas. Probably not so much. Yeah. We uh, weren't taught to think in the context of outside of Texas. Yeah, no, outside of Texas isn't a real place. Yeah. yeah. So for the, for the record, I Grew up in the other really shitty southern state, Florida. Mm. Moved to Texas, moved back to Florida, moved back to Texas. Um, so do have... Okay, so this might be the perfect question for yeah, you. Which yeah. do you think is more popular in throughout the United States? The kolache or a knish? Ooh, um, well, probably a knish. I think probably, I think probably just mainly I because I don't even know what a knish is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> and I'll tell I'll, ta I'll tell you why it wins. The knish has migrated down the east coast. Like that's yeah, why sure. that's why I've got deli experience having grown up in the south. Like Florida has mm -hmm. got great delis. 
because of the New York yep. migration. We are getting West Coast, California is moving to Tulsa. So we are getting yes. the opposite effect, but it's all California people moving to Austin. The like the 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 migration of the Kalachi out of the state really hasn't happened yet. Although it sure, it's sure. only a matter of time. I mean, there is it, look. I'm not going to say that I have got a list of meat stuffed types of dough from around the world that I have had stuck in the back of my head. Like you know, when I eventually create my combination gaming store <laughs> slash food truck, this is what we're going to serve. No, I respect meat wrapped you know, in sure. dough. Yeah. And uh, you know, the the it, it is a universal concept. Um, but the 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 kolache or the kolbachnik, the one that actually with the meat, which is actually the more popular two, mm-hmm. not actually a kolache. Fucking ironically, right. I know more about this than I should. Is my point. They're good though. I had one yeah. for breakfast. So. so, so they just don't call them pig in the blankets everywhere else. Nobody, they don't. No, they not don't the know, same thing. Not the same thing. I was in Tennessee. Crescent roll versus yeast roll. Went to a went to a donut store um, and got in there, and I was like, "Oh, you guys have pig in the blankets!" And immediately, the person that owned the place was like, "You're from Texas." And we sat there bonding over our love of pig and blanket slash kolaches for like the next like 20 minutes. And then they gave me a discount on the three that I bought. It was, it was a good. Hell day. yeah. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> so that being said, which one do you think is better? And there's only one right answer here. I they're di- I mean, they are very different. I can. The thing is, for those of you who don't know, Kanish, a Kanish is more of like a side. It is more and it's potato based. Usually it doesn't have the meat inside. It's just kind of like wrapped. It's kind of like a little a little thing it's it's from jewish deli culture out of new york spreading from that area you would get like a kanish as a side if you also got like a pastrami sandwich for example um but also i bought them and eaten them just cold because i just really like them and sometimes they're filled they're usually filled with potato sometimes they're filled with like some sort of like grain uh, mix i've had a spinach kanish before i have had meat kanishes before but it's not like the main thing it's usually like ground meat instead potatoes the most common yeah potato so yeah it's like it's like baked it's not the same so a kolache like the first time that i ever had a breakfast taco which i only had the first time that i went to texas which was in my adult life i was like my mind is blown i love this This is incredible but it's the regionalism of everything uh is all very different like but i would rather have a i'd rather have a kolache like you can just give me one and I'd eat it as like, oh, and on the go snack, you can't just like eat a Kanish on the go. <laughs> it's like it's like this big and you like you have to eat it in bites and it's supposed to be hot and you're supposed to eat it with a knife and fork. Totally different. Which is why it's the perfect like food choice at a gaming s- store slash restaurant slash uh slash bar important. It's like, like in the conti- imagine I, the continuum yes. of like empanada is in the middle yes. of like kolache em- kanish. Like but it's not fried, it's baked and it's potatoey. Uh empanadas, yeah. uh uh let's see. I, I I had to pull up my list here, but uh no, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're, not, we're not gonna go down that warm. D- dumpling, shumai, yeah. uh, yep. uh yeah, Samo- sure. samosas, uh oh, yeah. samosas, that's uh, the one Samosas are great. Pierogies, mm, pierogies, all day long with pierogies. I don't even know where the hell we're at in initiative order. Tori, ask a question. No, it, oh, that's where we are. That's definitely not where we are. <laughs> I think Anthony needs to ask his question. I think we were bailing him out of the liquid. Oh, yeah. my fault. I cut in line. I cut in line. My fault. Yeah, there we go. Oh, um, so I was going to say, as someone who is unfamiliar with like your multitude of podcasts, um, where, <laughs> yes, I did it on purpose. Um, like where would you suggest someone start? Like which as an intro to you and, and kind of your network and all that, where would be a good place to start? 
If you are a podcaster, we have a ton of free resources on the Multitude website, which is multitude.productions slash resources. It, we started at Multitude as a group of podcasts together. Just when we're like, hey, we none of us know how to do, we want to do this full time. We haven't figured out how to do it. Let's tour together. Let's have a name together. Let's be under the same umbrella, recommend each other. And then we started writing articles, helping people make podcasts because this was the wild west mm -hmm. no one taught us how to do this we kind of uh i don't know how old everyone is but like uh i graduated college in 2012 and 2012 2013 um and i thought that there were going to be jobs for me after this because i really wanted to be part of like that blogging sphere i don't know like that's when uh gawker was gawker was really big and deadspin and like the blogs were really starting to come and then like right after that right after i graduated they're like there's never been any jobs what are you talking about that's ridiculous and then after that i missed the cutoff for like when and then podcasts got really big with like serial and startup in like 2016 and uh or like near near there, uh, 2015, 2016, I was a teacher at the time. I got my master's degree, and I was a high school English teacher out in, in deep Brooklyn. And I was listening to podcasts, and I loved it. Um, but no one would teach me because mm. there was like no one would learn. No one would. I, there was nowhere to learn. And I yeah. feel like there is. And then that's also when like at, there was this dearth of time when anyone had jobs in the internet. That's why everyone had like it was like everyone who worked at BuzzFeed, and then there's like a break of time, and now everyone on TikTok. Right. And it just like there's this wasteland of creators who didn't have opportunities. And podcasting seemed like one that all these people came together. We wrote a lot of free resources. So if you're a content creator, especially podcasting, but any content creator, we have a lot of resources for free that you can just hop on there. And we also have like a really cheap starter kit if you want to get started podcasting that you get um, my uh, the expertise for multitude. Cool. Um, Join the Party is a really good podcast. It's uh, I've been thinking about it a lot, especially just like as the actual play art form genre has has risen and fallen and developed and grown so much mm -hmm. since we started the show in 2016. Like for God's sakes, a show called Not Another D and D Podcast started in 2018. Yeah, like it, it's like it matured so fast, and now we are here in 2023 where. We're at the point that so many uh, digital media has where, like, you need to live in L.A. and have a set to be successful, right? Right. Um, and we've been talking. I've been thinking about it so much as an art form. And I, I really, we really put, we really like making the show, the actual play genre, sing with sound design and character choices. And, and I've been doing a lot of game design and really pushing myself to do things in an actual play podcast that haven't been seen ever before i love the form i love doing this and uh, join the party is really fun campaign three is is it's been fun returning to a fantasy setting um fantasy setting was campaign one and then campaign two was a superhero story set in upstate new york and then the mini the mini campaign of monster of the week which is kind of like you know x files -y and gravity fallsy and then i'm like you know what? i'm gonna make a world again i'm gonna do it i'm ready to do it again and throwing myself into this pirate thing this genre that i'm super excited about and being i don't know feeling mature at least a little like i have uh, five years of doing during the party under my belt and i'm also the best dm in podcasting it's a lot of fun and i'm doing stuff that like i'm really excited about my players are kill uh, kicking ass and they've never been better the sound design and we made an actually a whole we made a sea shanty 
as our theme song. We wrote a sea shanty. Brandon, wow. who edits, who is a player and edits the show, he's he also went to school and does music. And I wrote the lyrics for the sea shanty. It is awesome. And I like we're putting all of our work into making the best actual play podcast possible because like we respect the art form. And it's been a lot of fun just like thinking about that. I have a whole thing and I can totally go in that direction. But like I'm just we're just trying to like hone the art form, or at least I am trying to hone the art form as a student of this from right from the jump. I mean, we were all galvanized by the adventure zone or critical role, depending on one of those two things. Like, and now we're in a totally different place. And now like we should, we're making art in that, um, in that wake. And I really, I respect it. I love it. Cool. Jazz. I already, I already asked my question. You already asked yours, Tori. Yeah. I'm so confused. Yeah. It's my fault. Like I said, I threw it all off, but yeah. Agree. I agree that it is your fault, Jess. Congratulations. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, Do you want me to ask another question? Would that help everyone? <laughs> no, 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 no. Tori, don't let her off the hook like that. I, this is a, let's say this is on brand for, for Eric's um, love of putting resources into the world. How's my sound right now? Because I really you just should. jumped on with my laptop in the living room. This <laughs> is open space. Wow, you sound good. <laughs> I think about this a lot, actually, if we could just nerd out about audio for a second. I mean, a USB, like, y'all don't buy Blue Yetis. They're expensive and they're not that good. There are much better USB microphones out there. I know they keep recommending it because no one takes podcasting seriously. No. It's like, ha, 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 buy the podcasting microphone. Ha, ha, ha. Don't do it. And uh, y'all have wonderful setups. But it's like just a USB microphone that's actually good. I can't forget. It's like the SMB. Yep. It's uh, the, the, the Yeah, there's the SMB Sure, which is a little bit That's the one. I, the Shures yeah. I recommend. Those yeah. are the best. And also, like, we, we've also downgraded our sound because like the more that we're doing remote recordings ever since 2020 happened a funny story brandon moved to la february 2020 and taught us all how to remote record like in the weeks before so that was a wild moment but we used to have this like really crazy um setup at the multitude studio but now we have motu m6s and it and i have an m2 right now it is so much easier and so much clearer just like bing bang boom plugging things in because like the way zoom and google meet and all of these streaming and OBS have so much like goddamn software that get in the way of your hardware and you just need something that's clean. So you sound great. And honestly, more often than not, you just want something that will make you sound like you can, your leveling is way more important than like having the most expensive microphone. Yeah. We use mostly either the ATRIs or the Samson uh, dynamics. Basically that's all I use. A, oh yeah. I got a, a, a condenser that I use for actual show audio, mm. but that's just because I'm in a tiny little space and have the extra noise protection typically. So yeah, I switched to the, to this thing just now as <laughs> I grabbed it from the corner. I was on just MacBook microphone. <laughs> <laughs> went sliding around in a pool of blood, made it, made it through the corner and then we're able to hop on, yeah. hop yeah. on the, uh, hop on the channel. So, uh, well, cool, man. Uh, Jess. Oh, um, damn it. I had a question and got distracted by Jariah. So, um, I will go actually ask this then, um, the construction of that sentence, what has been, and this is, I feel like it's a kind of a generic question. Sorry. It's been a kind of a generic question to ask, but I always like asking it just to kind of get a better sense of the people we're interviewing um, yeah. in D and D. What is your favorite class to play? Oh, great question. Um, uh, my favorite class is the monk. I think that the monk is the is has a really interesting mechanic, and I think that like a lot of things that come out of the players that 
come out of like the straight up the book. You got to just separate it from the weird thing that it came from and you got to let it loose. Like each, if you are stuck, like having like Asian pastiches on your monks, like you got to just think bigger. That thing is a superhero. You use points and you do interesting stuff and you just go do it. I made a subclass for campaign two. Uh, one of my players switched and became a monk of the stretching. So I used key points for being able to stretch her arms and like do Mr. Fantastic Plastic Man type stuff. But like the, the trigger of using points to do extraordinary stuff. I really, really love it. So the monkey, the monkey is my favorite. I think a thing, just a tip for all you DMs out there. Remember your NPCs don't have anything. Don't need to have anything to do with the classes. I think that's the question I get asked the most by my play, by my players. And also by like, just, we have after parties, which is where like every, every three episodes, we have an episode where we talk about what we've done. People write in questions. They're like, Oh man, what was this NPC based on? What class was it based on? I was like, Oh, it wasn't. I just had an ability. And then I threw some numbers numbers together like remembering you're untethered from classes and you can make a humanoid who is untethered like it doesn't have to be a monster monster just like take an ability you think is tight and then spun and then spin it out and build the thing around it um so the answer is usually like none because i love making npcs and not caring about classes uh but i think that i think um nice i don't think anyone should play bards i think it's uh is actually my strong my really hot take reaction why <laughs> yeah um i think that the bar i think so first of all the bard has one of the most interesting game mechanic of the the inspiration die i think it's awesome but it's it's wild that it's tied to the mary sue of of dungeons, of dungeons and dragons of tabletop rpgs which is oh i'm so interesting and cool and smart that i'm going to be able to do whatever i want and my charisma stat is so high we're already creative people here you don't need to be the guy who's also super good at guitar like you don't need creativity isn't just magic you can just have regular magic we're all playing pretend you don't need to be the your character doesn't have to be the coolest kid in school and i think it's just like the self the most self-insert that restricts you from like having an experience doing something else because you're too busy like I, we all know the horny bard meme, but I think that the extension of that is like, well, I, hey, me, nerd, I, my charisma's plus five, so you have to do what I say. And that's like where the weirdness of relationships kind of get crazy. Because I mean, for warlocks, at least it's like, well, my, my relation, my charisma turns into literal magic. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's, it's expressed as such. I think that the bard is like stuck in this necessity of being the face. And I think it's a little bit too like self-referential for the people who for those uh, big big fucking nerds who made uh, who made the game in 1975. Yeah, it's the, the like the origins of the Bard when you get into what they took to get there in first edition is really bonkers. And I, you know, I think there's some interesting Bard subclasses now. Oh yeah, um, but the yeah the traditional uh, tra la 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 Alan Adale Bard I have zero point zero interest in playing. I don't yeah. think. I don't think yeah. they're, they're Zork, Zork Fox in the chat also says persuasion is not mind control. And that's a really hard thing to deal with both on both sides, like using mind control as a DM to like make your players do something because they're too rowdy and then players forcing their thing on the story because well, my charisma is plus five and I'm just going to roll. I'm just going to do it. And that's like, you know, I've, I've brought this up on three black halflings because they're all actors over there and writers and creatives. And they're like, but I'm an actor and stories are mo- and mo- stories are magic. And I'm like, 
you guys can do, you guys can play pretend whatever you want. You're an actor in your real life. You don't have to be an actor in your pretend life as well. It's fine. Just learn to play the loot. You can get famous on TikTok. You don't have to do it in your pretend life as well. And I think it's just like, it's, it's touching something that we're trying to break out of as people playing pretend. I'd like to use my reaction to say that I fully agree with everything you said my character in this podcast is a bard. No. And for all of the reasons exactly, like I am not that person in my, Oh, Uh-oh. and I'm not that person in my usual life. Um, I am play it. Maury is a non-binary, literally faceless plasmoid. Hell yeah. That is ace. Hell so yeah. all of the things that, uh, like the, uh, the things that you characterize a stereotypical bard, very much the opposite of it. It's been fun to do kind of like the, yeah. Things that happen and then the successes that happen because of the bard abilities and having to have Turner explain it as in they're just so off, like caught off guard by what you did that it's fine. <laughs> no, no, a thousand percent. The, the, in Dungeons and Dragons, I think also making weird characters is the most control that players have, which I think is a kind of a big flaw of the game at large. It's like breaking, having a character who breaks the game and then having one that's directly opposite to the traditions of the class. A thousand percent. And that's also why people do play bards. Because again, inspiration is incredible. And like there are the, some of those subclasses are really, really interesting. Um, I'm just saying more about like when we think about people sitting down and writing the bard, especially bringing the bard into fifth edition uh, and in the future, now the fifth edition is perpetual question mark. And it's a, our game is our favorite game as a game of service, I guess. It's yeah. Destiny. Oh, it's game of service. hundred um, percent. It's destiny. So it's yeah. just like, it's, that's what makes it complicated and proving disproving the rule as a player, I think is inherent to, all of the classes, but you're making, I a hundred percent agree with you. Cool. 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 All right. We're going to do uh, a, we're at the back end of the hour gang. So we're going to do a quick lightning round while I scroll up and down the chat to see if there's any questions uh, uh, that are worth asking or if they failed us once again. No, I'm kidding. Gang. Uh, so uh, Jess, you go. Oh, um, has anything been determined on Tell Me About It to be less interesting than, um, oh my God. Oh, the movie, movie musical Grease and Grease yes, 2 and Rise you. of the Pink yes. Ladies. Yeah. Yes. Has, has, has anything been determined to be less interesting than that? No? Uh, inherently, all of them are. <laughs> Every single thing that comes on the episode are. We have a big high score system, so I keep track of all of the points that Adel puts together throughout the game. And it's always just like, it's just fun. I mean, you know, most, it's like putting a game show context around a talk about your favorite things um, episode. Uh, <laughs> talk about a favorite things episode has just been really fun. And, you know, I love the Inherently, my job at Multitude is making up games. Like, as I prep, any of my any of the shows and also as i produce a sports show and come up with games that we we do together and meetings and everything it's just a lot of fun and just like an excuse to try to get at something someone trying to prove argumentally like a combatively to someone else who is a being a real billionaire uh and teaching teaching this like this is a. Uh, uh, that game where you shoot humans, you know, the most dangerous game. Like it's just a lot of fun uh, heightening that experience. So all of them are less interesting than Greece. So I just want to make sure that we're clear then. You heard it here first, everybody. According to Tell Me All About It, the music, the movie musical Grease, peak fiction, period. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that pretty much checks out. Uh, do you have a favorite kind or favorite manga series? 
Oh, that's a good question. I'm like really trying to get myself slowly into this. I started listening to this podcast called Anime Sickos, which is really fun. They don't really talk about anime all that much. It was more just like the weirdness of being like alive in the 21st century. It's a really fun podcast. So, and they were like, oh, I should just get more. Uh, I listened to that show. I've been really into One Piece, obviously. And I started listening to, I started watching a bunch of other anime. Um, but so I don't actually have a lot of manga uh, I just decided to buy the whole set of Delicious and Dungeon. And it's been fun. Just like, I love comics too, but it's another thing that I feel like I'm just kind of like dip my, I love the the existence of it, but I got to dip my, t- I got to walk into it more. I also feel that way about wrestling. Mm. Like I think wrestling is absolutely fascinating, but I like, I've only sat down and watched a little bit. I watched a lot of clips and my TikTok feed is like all these wrestling documentaries cut into like 25 pieces. But again, it's just like a thing I'm really interested in. I like, I just love the whole thing about it. <laughs> All right, uh, Anthony. Um, I noticed that Multitude has done a live event or a conference in the past. Is that something y'all plan on doing in the future? Uh, like we've been talking about going to more cons and things like that. So I was just wondering if that's something that's on the plate. Yeah, we're trying to tour. The conference was like a digital like learning conference. What we were uh, like, it was supposed to be like a. Um, what do you call it? It's not a con. It's like, what do, what do you, when you all come together as a, and you all are insurance salesmen and you're talking about how trade, insurance trade show, like a trade show mm-hmm. or like a, um, like an industry thing, not like it's maybe closer to a trade show, something like uh we're all, and you could do like speeches and presentations to each other. I think it's more of a conference than anything. So that was supposed to be like learnings and stuff like by podcasters for podcasters about podcasting, not about public radio or not about this media, not a media stuff. It was something else. So that was kind of like with our teaching and learning and classes and stuff that we do. Um, but yeah, we've been thinking about touring a lot more. Now it feels a little bit more safe. Mm-hmm. I am not ready to go to Gen Con. I feel like a lot of people are going to get sick and I'm really worried about their, like uh, their sickness uh, boundaries, which they've really pulled back on. So I hope everyone comes out of that healthy. Um, but we're really excited to do live shows. I love doing podcast live shows. It's such like an interesting beast that uh, is really fun to navigate. It's super fun to navigate. Like you want to create something that's interesting visually, but is attached to your podcast. But also if you rip the audio and put it on your RSS feed, it's still going to be interesting. Like there's a lot of stuff. We're planning a live show for the distraction uh, soon, um, which I'm super excited about. And we're also planning I'm trying to go to the UK and do a Games and Feelings live show in Manchester with Jasper, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. We haven't announced any of that stuff, and we're locking in the dates. But like, we're—I miss doing live live stuff. I used to do um, slam poetry. Actually, that was the main thing that I did in college. I started the NYU Slam Team. We were college like champions, like two, three years when I when I was there out of like five. It was really, really fun, um, and I really miss doing live. And I was like a theater kid in high school, so I miss doing live performance. I used to go to Austin Slam Poetry Night every Tuesday night and watch and have like half written poems. I was like, maybe one day I could get it. And then instead I just started playing d d <laughs> No, it's just, it's such, such similar DNA. Also, like Austin has a, had a really interesting Slam Poetry scene as well. Um, I remember some people came out of there. Uh, but yeah, it's it was wild. And also that was the first time that I saw like working artists like yeah we all it's like oh if i was in a band and i'm gonna tour blah 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 it's like a the romance like that's a dream we all have in our head but seeing poets like tour and actually Mm. make money and do that as a living i was like oh you can make art and still make money i know it's it's have a living you know it was always just like super super interesting and it's kind of like what maybe it got stuff in my head and as this life we're building for ourselves uh digitally listen i can talk about this whole thing about actual play and like why and the and how it's like 
the LAification of the space and how why we're why we're deciding to hew to traditional spaces, media spaces that require location and money and names as this form of people just making stuff up and recording it. I, I don't really understand it, especially like the fact that it's all this like rules light long form improv D and D it's vaguely, it has no real character mechanic, it, no real mechanics to it. It's not crunchy at all. That's it, more important about the names you have. And it's the same, like 20 people all playing it. I just don't understand. And I'm not sure why the art form is being pulled in that way. When we have so many table, new tabletop RPGs, we could be playing and uh, like something that, that makes sense for perform. It's crunchy, but also makes sense for performance. Well, look, and that's that's why I have been aggressively trying trying to start an East Coast West Coast TTRPG actual feud, so that eventually that will work itself out. <laughs> I, I'm starting it. I, I I feel like it's New York. Yeah, because look, man, as third coasters down south, we got you know we're 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 building up the uh, the the southern uh, the southern alliance. So when the East Coast West Coast feud dies down, Hell yeah. we can just rise up, much like the Houston rap scene. I, I was exactly like that. You guys will have like a giant. You can have a giant right. warehouse, like dude, perfect to like just play, play tabletop RPGs in. Y'all have enough space. Oh, good lord, yeah, absolutely, we do. So I did not think I'd make a dude perfect reference on here, but here we are. Beautiful. <laughs> That's all good. I was say we got we we got Shrimp and Chris in the back pocket. Let's get it going. <laughs> Oh, oh god we could have like so many shelves for our knickknacks and minis yeah. and things and maps yeah. and, and we'd have snacks and oh i love an event space. that'd be sick i want to be like oh we'll have all the breakfast tacos that would honestly that would be tight as hell i keep thinking about like you know like po schools of poets or schools of like uh painters where it's like the new york school or like the the pennsylvania impressionists like i always wanted there to be like an actual play new york school and i think it's like we're crunchy we play crunchy games we make what gameplay gameplay dictates story the dice rolls matter gameplay makes sense but it's also really well edited it's not and we're like we we create um like groundswell following like you don't have to be a name to start it i think that's always something i wanted to start with like the new york school of actual play tori close this out um eric i would like and in as much detail as you would like like as much lore as um you feel Hell like yeah. uh, i'd like for you to uh describe to us your um magical girl persona Ooh. like where your magic came from yes. like how how old are you when you discovered it what'd you like is it like a stone was it like a little animal like what what's your what's the vibe what was that innate magic that was awakened in you and how your, your transformation go yeah i think that i think that's really i think that's really good um I think, uh, yeah, here's what happened. I was uh, exploring the ruins of the old, old, new, old synagogue in Prague, uh, which and which is where I heard that there was a magical item, and that's uh, where the go that's where the golem of Prague was. Oh no! Did I did something just happen? Nope, you're good. Oh, my whole monitor just stopped. So I'm just going to keep it. Just stop working. So I'll just keep going. Um, and the Golem of Prague was sitting. And inside of the Golem of Prague was a magical stone. Uh, so that I can, whenever I, 
I clap my hands. I clap my hands three times. I turn into a giant uh, golem. I turn in golem, a clay uh, protector, um, and I go. I go where everyone. I go where everyone needs me. And but if I get too hungry, uh, then my, uh, then all of the clay uh, falls apart. So I need to make sure that I eat properly before before it all happens. I think it's extensive. I think it takes twenty minutes for my magical girl <laughs> process to finally finish because it's a lot of like you know yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because a lot of rabbis' assistants need to get mud from a river to put it on my body, um, so it takes a really, it actually takes a really long time. Um, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then of course I'm like ten feet tall and I have big, big, uh, like real um, the thing Ben Grimm vibes, uh, and it's really fun. And also, yeah, and then I have like words carved in the clay on my on my body superman style and it yeah i think that i think that's it i think i would like that. good 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 answer man uh so now let's uh and, and but to really close it out uh what is one that you've asked a ton, you've asked questions of the cast but that's a okay one final question for the cast uh that they are compelled to answer if you don't mind absolutely i think that that's good um all right here's an interesting question if I think honestly, if you if you were applying to Charles Xavier's school for gifted children, what is the superpower that you think that you would have, but stands out enough that they would actually accept you to this prestigious private school? So you can't just have basic powers because they just have a just the school. You're not on the. You don't have to be on the team. No, no, no. You just got to be in the school. You are like 16 and you're applying. Right. So it's remember you got to like, it's a prestigious private school. So you can't just have the regular powers. Mm -hmm. What is one that feels good to you, but also you think that would be interesting and, and like stand out enough for them to want to develop what you have going on. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, for example, mine would still be the good. Mine would still be the goal of magical girl thing. <laughs> Anthony, you got to go first. Cause we do it in reverse order. We do it in reverse order. Yeah. Well, and we do it in reverse cast age order. Um, and you can't pick uh, being a cis white male. That's my thing. So <laughs> now they already have a bunch of those. His name is Scott. His name is Scott Summers. Cy Cy Cyclops. That's isn't that Morph's power? He doesn't actually look like that. Morph's a black guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um, I don't. Ah, uh, dang it. I'm terrible at these. Ah, um, that's all right. I know. That's why we make you go first every time because it's delightful. Is it? Kind of. Let me refine. I can also refine this question a little bit more. What is the superpower you wish you would have that's a little bit less, that's like not just the traditional regular ones? Like what's the unique spin on it? Or like what's your more specific superpower that you would want? Like, like just a specific thing where it's like, that's what you do? <laughs> no, it has to be helpful. It has to be interesting. You got to be at least like beta level uh, on the on the superhero scale. Jazz, you got the beta level thing down. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's rude. Rude. A little bit, but it's our energy. What do you want to do? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, a, that's that is what we do here. I don't know. I think I would want something mental wise, but like, I don't want to read people's thoughts. Like, I don't. And not in any kind of like, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe like some kind of uh, like element manipulation, but like only like the first half of the periodic table or something. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty you. You're specifically into small, but you can only move small molecules. I like that. Yeah, that's nice. yeah. This is also like you're my hero academia power to be a little bit more specific. Like you're doing something more specific, right? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jazzington? I want, uh, I would say time travel, but like limited jumps to the past. So like, I'd only be able to go back like a week at best. Right. That's cool. Yeah. So like, and I, and I've only got a limited amount of time that I can spend in the past. So I, I've got like 30 minutes to jump back like a week and then make something change. But that's it. I like that. I th- That's very comic booky of you to be like, no, no, no. There's no time paradoxes with this guy. He can move through time and it's fine. <laughs> it's because of the tachyons. His tachyons are good. That's why he can move through space. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. That's great. Tori? Tachyon particles. I always was intrigued by probably as a kid growing up with undiagnosed narcolepsy and I was an adult with the diagnosed version and having a bit of a control over that. I've always just been really hyper aware of sleep, wake states um, and lines, thin veils between reality and kind of like dream walking stuff is cool. Like Liminal spaces. Let's fucking yeah. go. I love it. And just yeah. the analysis that can come from seeing other people's dreams or projecting stuff from your dreams or just kind of messing around with that stuff. Like, oh, I keep trying to think. I'm immediate. It's talking about it at first sounds really like cool and ethereal, but all of my immediate references are one as a child, when I, the very first thing I drew and wanted to invent was a helmet that could project someone's images. And then the second thing is that SpongeBob episode where they're jumping through the dreams. Uh, these are the things I'm immediately thinking of. <laughs> no, dream, dream. That's a that's a legit one. People, they would want you just to to help refine your powers, your dream walking. A- absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Inception-y type stuff. I think that sounds cool. It's a, so your superpower is fanfic between Tom Hardy and Joseph Gordon Levitt. You, you got to dream bigger, darling. You got to dream bigger. <laughs> 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 There is no better uh, deep dive than weird DC, C, and D tier. Com- I am a huge fan of D to C tier yeah. superheroes, like from the, the Marvel back catalog uh, and uh, the uh, the DC Comics back catalog, which is why um, Starman, Star- uh, uh, Robinson's run on Starman, which is one of the most 90s mm. comics that ever 90s. Um, is so good because it pulls in just a whole, it's got the red B in it, man. It's got the red fucking B, which was a, uh, world war, uh, a golden age hero who fought with trained bees, not a bunch of trained bees. That's tight. Just a couple of trained bees. Just a uh, few, just a few, <laughs> just a few. That's incredible. I could to tell you, uh, it's hard to train bees. And you can only have and you can only have seven because they're named after the days of the week. So like, why would you have more than that? <laughs> um, I uh, we actually I actually based one of our NPCs uh, this pirate queen who is a uh, this spider pirate queen off of um I don't know if you remember Fang from Teen Titans who was just like this this girl's boyfriend who's like human body hanging down and then spider rest of it spider like head. big spider like head is spider and then like big legs going big legs going down to the floor and i'm just like what a, what an incredible character design and we see you for two and a half episodes of teen titans that thing always bothered me because i didn't understand how like the skeletal like there's a lot of dead weight on the body that's hanging beneath the head and i was like that you jumped the wrong way it's not good for the rest of that body i don't like it it's got no. really big tick energy like really big tick yes uh tick energy so yeah yeah i also like that he just has a gun <laughs> like, like, like he doesn't actually have superpowers he's just a guy and then he just shoot he just shoots at robin it's like great incredible okay what was it that we stumbled onto the 
other day that was a weird... Oh, we uh, uh, he wrote an episode of Supernatural. That's what it was uh, that we stumbled ass backwards into. Because um, we also do a Supernatural uh, slash homebrew recap podcast. Hell yeah. Uh, where we watch... Because Jazz had never watched Supernatural. We watch an episode of Supernatural, then homebrew some D&D shit off of it because... Oh, that's fun. We originally conceived... It's like, I want to be a great monster of the week thing. Not as many monsters as you would think. It's like, oh, it's it's another ghost. Um, fuck, we really should have really should have done some more research before we launched this show. Uh, I gotta say, that's on that's on Supernatural. That's not on you it guys. Is, it is. It is very much on Supernatural. Uh, but it, but it actually makes it a little bit uh, more fun to come up with the homebrew piece of it because we ended up instead of just always futzing around with monsters, uh, coming up with uh, one shots, yeah, magical items, and it, the really the show really has evolved into. How many weird internet wormholes can Turner go down yeah. uh, because of uh, the, 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 sh- the show is, this episode is loosely based in the city where the giant green, uh, Jolly Green Giant statue is located. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, which, I know is, which, which is not where the Jolly Green Giant canning plant started. That's 60 miles down the road. This is just where they randomly built that statue and then hosted a radio show underneath it. So, um, well, I will tell you whether or not I agree with you that you are the best DM in podcasting. You absolutely have been one of the best guests we ever had, if just for leading off with a, hey, we did a campaign based off Gravity Falls, which in my heart of hearts is one of the best shows ever created. Um, oh, I lo- oh, wait. Uh, yeah, I got w- Waddles right here. <gasps> Waddles. I, I, uh, I dressed up as Dipper One Hollow because my daughter dressed up as Mabel and I went, there's no way that anybody's going to get that costume solo. So I've got to come to the rescue and I have to dress up as Dipper now. And go mm-hmm. trick or treating with you, <laughs> just so I can stand in the background and be like, "Yeah, it's Gravity Falls." <laughs> that's, about, that's what being a parent is all about, folks. Uh, yeah, finding ways to leverage your children's interests into getting what you is want. Be, is being a parent deciding no, I'm going to be Dipper and not Grunkle Stan, and not having your child push back on you? No, real life is realizing that you're Grunkle Stan. <laughs> Right. Being right, a parent right. is having little people that love you enough not to tell you otherwise. Yeah. So and real, real life, real life is like I'm Seuss and I'm fine with. It. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the uh, the uh, oh god, I'm totally blanking on the hillbilly's name. Unfortunately, real life is more like that. I'm oh, McGucket, McGucket, yeah. Can I tell you something about Gravity Falls? Tragic like, fucking I also, story. Jesus, I've yeah. been think I've been thinking about this a lot. I, I have this I have this voice block about like character voices a lot, and like I've been thinking about this. Uh, I started watching Bill Hader like fan edits because he got really re- even more popular with Barry and like fan fans have really started congregating around him. So I've been watching a lot of interviews with him and just seeing him do impressions of like his favorite guys from like Turtle Classic movies and from Dateline has kind of just like opened up like, oh, I can just do impressions of characters I like and just make them take their voices and just put them on characters. And I think it's like this, it's almost like we're gatekeeping voices from ourselves because we're not voice actors. And again, that might be the LAification of stuff that it's like only professionals are allowed to do good voices. So it's like from a gravity falls has so many good voices, just steal them and use them. And you probably do a 80% good impression of McGucket or of Grunkle Stan or of Seuss. And you can just, and you can just do it. Like everybody has a voice like this. I can't believe it. Chicken chicow. It's you just do it. And it's fine. <laughs> look, we had Ron Ogden on. He, that was his advice for people doing character voices. Like, look, you yeah. everybody does impersonations. Exactly. And it, the worse they are, the more unique a character voice you just came up with. So he's like, that's where hundred percent of my character voices start off. I was trying to do strange brew and it turned into the drunken sled dogs that we were doing. Like that is Yeah. 
Where's there's no Italy in this fantasy world, so you can't tell me my accent's bad because that's not an Italian accent. <laughs> Something else. <laughs> I, it's it's just like having yeah in the fantasy. It's like don't give all of your elves English accents if you can't do it. Who cares? So who cares? We are our, our especially our character who mm-hmm. tried to do an elf with an English accent. He didn't make it out of the intro before he abandoned it. So respect. <laughs> so so on that note, gang, uh, we're gonna wrap this one up. Thank you so much. For uh, for the time, Eric, you are a, again a fantastic guest. We absolutely appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and uh, it it, uh, it warms our heart for somebody to come in and be as, as frenetic as Tori, um, and to summon her from the depths amid murder to uh, to uh, to to stick a pin Alleged. literally Alleged. allegedly allegedly. <laughs> uh, like, Wait, what is Tori? What does Tori have in her hand? Oh no, the trumpet! Ah. <laughs> <laughs>